Welcome to The Alternative, radiated questions virtual reality, sponsored by ISEDN.org. Is there life beyond the big four search engines? Are webmasters spending more than they need to, or leaving money on the table? What opportunities exist on the margins? Spend the next hour exploring paid and free alternatives to the major search engines. Now, step into The Alternative with your host, Jim Hedler. Hey everybody, welcome to The Alternative from March 8, 2007. I'm Jim Hedger, Executive Editor at SitePronews.com. I'm joined by Dave Davies, uh, owner and operator of Beanstalk Inc. Incorporated. How are you doing today, Dave? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I'm excellent. I, this is a great day today. You know what today is and what March 8th is every, every year? What is it? Today is International Women's Day. And um, this, is, this is one of those days, I think, that doesn't get nearly enough... Um, well, nearly, nearly enough recognition or attention. Um, so I want to I want to note it today and uh, to to give people um, some links they can go to to find out about some of the extraordinary women working in the search marketing field. Um, I guess back in November of 2006, Kim Crossberg at Creativesite, um, she published a list of 37 female search, uh, female writers in the search marketing space and. Just dropping that link into the uh, chat room right now. Anyway, that's a great list of 37 writers. And then recently, uh, Lee Evans has been compiling, every Wednesday she's been compiling interviews with um, two to three women from the search marketing field, um, calling it the Women of Internet Marketing Wednesday. Dropping that into into the chat room now. Um, anyway, it's International Women's Day. There's some uh, pretty amazing sisters in the search sphere. So um, just a big shout-out to all of them today. Good for you for recognizing them. And, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know if we, we're sort of top-heavy in, uh, in brilliant women involved uh, in the industry, but definitely some of the, the best of the best in, in what we do is, uh, is dominated by some, some very notable women. So, yeah, good to recognize them. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's move into something a little bit more controversial than International Women's Day. I've been having fun all week with the 0.02% click fraud claim that Google made last week. And we touched on it at the beginning of the show last week, but I think we were all still, like, you know, just way too much in shock <laughs> by that <laughs> number to, to, to make any sense of it. So, um finally got around to writing a long article about it. It got published in Site Pro News the other day, and I noticed that um, Jennifer, Jennifer Laycock over at uh, Search Engine Guide picked it up. Um, that, that number, that, that just keeps bothering me. I, 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 I go to sleep and I cross my eyelids. As, I, as, I, as I'm trying to go to sleep, I see 0.02%, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. No, it really really doesn't. Um, I think one thing that is causing a lot of... Great article, by the way. I, I did have a chance to read it on uh, SitePronews.com. You know, it's right up still on the homepage. Um, one thing that I think is really misleading about that number is it's 0.02% of detectable. Uh, and that's the part that I think is somehow eluding and, and bothering us all, um, is that we, we hear this claim of 0.02%. Um, whereas in reality, if you kind of read between the lines and recognize really what they're saying is of the detectable click fraud, when they do a manual review of an account, again, how many of us get get to that point, but um, when they do a manual review, they're finding 0.02% of detectable click that managed to get through what they can detect. Um, 
it's, this isn't a figure that's based on what is undetectable click fraud. Um, so that number, right, uh, according to, uh, oh, I can't pronounce his name, Gosa, you may be able to pronounce it better than me, you know. Uh, according <laughs> to Schumann. Yeah, there we go. Um, the the number is the real click fraud rate is in the he asserts is still in the single digits. Well, single digits that's one that's nine. If it's nine percent, then then you know the the most pessimistic of estimates out there as far as Google's sort of <laughs> uh, as targeting Google, the estimates sit at around ten percent. If really the number's around nine, then those estimates are pretty good. If it's one, I mean. There's just such a gap there in the undetectable click fraud. Of course, it's undetectable, so how can they detect it? But they admit that that's higher. They admit that it's in the single digits. They put out the 0.02% number, obviously as, as sort of a false marketing strategy of sort because so many people are taking it as click fraud is at 0.02%. That's not even what they're saying, but the way they've worded it makes that the way that everybody's interpreting probably on purpose, but that's how we're all interpreting it, but that's not really what they're saying. Um, anyways, that was a long ramble there, but that's, that's sort of my beef with the way this, this number is, is being worded and reported on by, you know, on uh, virtually every resource that is. Well, in the absence, I mean, one of the problems with trying to figure out what, what this 0.02% number means is there's an absence of any real hard data or hard numbers from Google, so all we can do is look at numbers that they have actually published or put out, and... Um, I guess some of the most solid of them come from the SEC filings, come from their annual reports. Um, and, uh, I mean, like last year, Google made $10.6 billion. Of yeah. that, 99%, $10.5 billion was generated through AdSense advertising. If the rate of detectable click fraud in there, and they, they, I, I absolutely believe that when they say that they find about 10% or somewhere in that range, detect it and throw it out the window, don't charge for it, there's no fraud happening there. It's right. attempted fraud, but it's not fraud. No one got charged for it. No crime, no foul. Um, I believe them. And by that number, 10% of $10.5 billion is $1 billion. $1.5 billion. Mm-hmm. So Google's saying that about $1.5 billion worth of invalid clicks are moving through the system. That's um, 1% of that is $105 million, and that's actually similar to a number that Schumann uh, cites himself when he says that uh, every percentage that, that, that Google gives up is about $100 million worth, uh, worth of advertising. Boil that number down to 0.02%, and you get $2,100,000. And that's the only figure that I've ever seen Google attach to actual click fraud that goes through its system. And that's where my brain begins to hurt <laughs> some more. It's, it, it's great to put that figure on it because now they've set a, a public upper limit on what a lawsuit could be. <laughs> so, um, you know, good, good for them for, for covering their, their butts on that one. But, I mean, there's, there's so much outside they can't. I mean, I remember listening to um, Eric um, at SES San Jose and made, made mention when we were, he was discussing um, AdWords, you know, he, just to see if the system's, you know, working properly or, or I believe that's pretty close to how he worded it. Um, he'll click on one of the ads. He was being asked, do you click on those ads? He said yes to see if the system's working. Well, are those being filtered out? Because that's not what the advertiser is paying for. The advertiser is paying for them to, to check. Um, so it's clicks like that that really just can't be picked up. Um, and you, you need to wonder what that number is. And, and 
I feel for Google because it's difficult to really put a number on clicks like that. You know, everybody is. Well, in, in, in the one, case of Eric, of Eric Schmidt or any other Google employee, especially those who are who are there to test the system, I'm sure Google knows lo- and logs their IP addresses. Um, I wouldn't be concerned about that. I would be more concerned about like employees of a large company at home checking their checking their company's ad. If if, if you're thinking about clicks like that. Um, I'd be I'd be concerned with friends clicking on my ad, um, unless they, unless they they knew better. If you're concerned about clicks like that, but again, I think those are negligible compared to the. We know that there are um, large, huge networks of clickbots out there. We, um, I mean, heck, Vin, Vin Cerf, um, the 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 the, the, innovate, the inventor who came up with uh, the TC, TCP/IP protocol. Um, he's now Google's chief evangelist um, at the World Economic Forum in Davos this year. He said that um, probably about a quarter of the computers that are hooked up to the net, 25%, are infected, with bot, are infected by botnets. Now, many of these botnets are just there to, to, to fish, um, to try to get personal information for, for, for you know, identity theft, uh, money laundering, and other financial crimes. But we do know, I mean, having, having spoken with uh, Panda Software and Security, um, and uh, having inve- having looked into click fraud for the last like six months, we do know that there's large botnet operations that are specifically there to target Google. Um, three weeks ago, we had uh, we had uh, two callers on discussing um, pay per call schemes. Oh, I'm sorry, right. pay per read schemes. Um, we know this is happening. We know that there's at least tens of thousands of people involved. And ten, literally tens of millions of computers involved in botnets. Those are the clicks I'm worried about. Those are the invalid clicks that um, I think are extremely difficult to find and filter. And I'm going to give it to Google for this one, give them credit for this one. I know that they're working hard on the botnet thing. I know they're working really hard on detecting and deleting botnet clicks. But I think that there's like so many other forms of click fraud that are feasible and capable. Um, you don't need to be... Uh, uh, brilliant scriptwriter in Hollywood to think of ways to, to, to you know, commit very difficult to trace um, 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 click fraud. You might need an, uh, an army of real people doing it, but it's not a, it's, it's, it's not a stretch to, 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 to suggest that it's happening. No, and, and I mean, this is where, uh, not the deepest sympathies, but where I do feel for Google um, on this one is... Um, you know, it, it's very much like these botnets are out there. Um, you know, spyware tools aren't catching them all. The the hackers and, and abusers are always going to be one step ahead. What I don't like is the way that this number has been picked up and, and sort of been presented by Google as some authoritative number. It's not an authoritative number. The number is much bigger, and that's not properly expanded on um, by them. To come out and, and with this figure, I mean, this it doesn't, the figure itself of 0.02%, they're trying to answer a question with a, a different statistic than applies to the question being asked. Um, and, and, and everybody's latched onto the 0.02, yes, rightfully so, because that's the way it's been presented, but it's not really what they're, what they're saying. And Google is making great moves, and, and they're def- I, I give them credit for really pushing and moving on something um, that really theoretically isn't in their best interest because it takes away from their revenue at the same time, you know, there's counter-arguments that it is helping the PPC infrastructure uh, overall and, and that they would collapse without making moves against click fraud. 
Um, but they are doing a good job. Some of the new reporting features that they're going to be bringing in, great. You know, advertisers have been asking for it for years. They're listening. They're going to be bringing in, uh, in some new reporting features and let us see new things. Um, but the way that, that this figure has been spun, I think I would like to see them be a little more transparent going, you know, we don't know the exact figures. We do know it's in single digits. That can be anywhere from 1% to 9%. Really, the figure you should be reporting on is somewhere in the single digits, and we're willing to, to step up and say that, not by pushing the 0.02 number that is obviously recording or, or measuring a different statistic than the question that they're trying to answer. Well, bottom line, bottom line, um, Google's massive. It has the, 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 the power and the weight of, uh, well, of, uh, of a social institution. It's, uh, got a, it's a massive world economy, and it's a, uh, it runs a massive part of the world economy. Um, this isn't fair, Google. I mean, it's not fair. You, you, you guys have got to come straight out, present real numbers, let the advertisers, let the search marketing community... Um, we don't need access to your servers. But we do need access to hard data. We do need access to, 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 to real information. And we don't need obfuscation, like 0.02%. Um, I think uh, there's going to be a lot of writers and analysts just blowing holes in this in the coming weeks. But you know what, Dave? It's uh, rapidly closing in a quarter after the hour. We've got to go to break. We're going to be coming back. We've got an interesting rest of the show. We're coming back with um, Jessica Bowman and with... Um, Amos Swartz, with Amos Schwartzberg, both from business.com. And rounding out the hour towards the end, we have Lauren Baker from Search Engine Journal coming on. So we're going to take a couple of minutes, pay some bills here on webmasterradio.fm, um, and we'll be back with the alternatives in a few minutes. The alternative, the alternative. on Are your ads managing you? Tired of click fraud and little or no ROI on your pay-per-click search ads? Take control. Reduce your costs and gain valuable traffic with effective flat fee featured listings on over 245 search engines and web directories from the ISEDN.org, the independent search engine and directory network. Now free yourself from click fraud, bidding and hassles with low-cost top 10 exposure for less than $4 a month from ISEDN. So visit ISEDN.org today and discover how easy it is maximizing your company's online revenue stream with affordable search engine and directory flat fee ads from the isedn.org it's all about links baby content is king but links are what you need to get you those all important organic search listings float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major fortune 500 companies textlinkads.com is your source for securing relevant links baby TextLinkAds.com. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. 
Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Amen, bro. Now that Value Click Media had netted FastClick, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BenAsRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. you got to work with Value Click Media. i got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry. We'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit Value Click Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more details. Value Click Media. And now, transport back into the alternative on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host, Jim Hedger. Welcome back to the Alternative on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're sponsored by the ISEDN.org. You just heard their commercial. Take some action on it. It's a good advertising opportunity. Speaking of good advertising opportunities, we're joined today by Amos, by Amos Schwartzfarb and by Jessica Bowman, both from uh, Business.com. Amos is the Vice President of Sales and Client Services at Business.com, and Jessica is the SEO responsible for increasing uh, the search engine's visibility and other search engines. Jessica and Amos, welcome to the Alternative. Hi, how you doing? Hey, how are you, Jim? I'm excellent today. Um, so, tell me, and I and I can tell the listeners about Business.com. Well, Business.com is the leading search engine in directory. Uh, you know, our goal is to help advertisers reach highly qualified, motivated business buyers at at every phase of the of the purchase cycle, from learning to finding uh, to buying. Um, our, you know, our audience is comprised of, uh, you know, largely uh, in, you know, business uh, purchase influencers um, that have, you know, per- made a business purchase in the last, you know, 30 days. Okay. Um, who are the, the, the sites that are in it? Who do they tend to represent? Is this a, a B2B, primarily a B2B site? Perhaps we, uh, we are primarily a B2B site. So if you're, if you're a business trying to reach business decision makers, and, uh, you know, th- th- basically the audiences that we're connecting are, are business users who are trying to do something with their business. They're trying to make some purchase, some decision. They've got, you know, their list of to-dos, and they need to, to take them off, whether it's purchasing a credit card solution uh, to, you know, building a website to, you know, build, you know, creating a business plan. So our advertisers basically reach that audience. Okay. Um, well, uh, Amos, there's obviously a number of... Um facets to business.com. So let's uh, try to go through them bit by bit. Um, there's, it looks like there's a search engine attached to it. There's a directory attached to it. And there's also um, a paid listings feature. Correct. So, uh, you know, at, at its core, business.com is a directory. We have 65,000-plus uh, nodes uh, that are, you know, basically built up, you know, from a hierarchy down, uh, you know, communicating to the business community. On top of that, we, we have two core products. We have our featured listing product, which is, uh, the, you know, our core advertiser group who are our, you know, trying to reach that business community. Then we also have our standard listing product, which, which is our directory inclusion product. Okay. Um, Jessica, your, your, your job at business.com is to market business.com and the other search engines. Is that correct? Yes, that is. So how do you go about that? How do you, how do, you do that? As you can imagine, there's a lot of keyword research. So we have thousands and thousands upon pages um, that we want to, to show up in, in the various search engines. So it's just starting somewhere and plugging away. 
looking at what we can do, what makes sense for the advertisers that are on the page, and most appropriate uh, keywords that can drive traffic. So your work actually serves to help people who advertise or, or companies who advertise with business.com. Exactly. So, so, they, so the people um, who advertise on business.com, what we're trying to do is drive traffic for various terms related to what they've actually, um, what the page is about. So we may have a page, let's say, about office desks. So we're looking at all the various phrases that somebody may search for office desks to drive traffic to our advertisers. So they couldn't probably, they most likely couldn't show up for those various terms on their own because a lot of them may be smaller businesses. And so what we're doing is to the search engines or, or get some representation from that page one traffic uh, across many, many phrases. What uh, what search engines are you are you primarily targeting, Jessica? I'm sorry, what was that? What engines are you primarily targeting? Well, obviously we target all the engines and um, obviously the big three, uh, the Google, Yahoo, and MSN. Okay. Do you find that you have to try different approaches for different, uh, for different engines? Yes. Uh, I think we've probably most people in the SEO community have seen that. Uh, but you know, the vast majority of our attention probably gets to the search engine with the largest market share, which obviously is Google. So... I'm an advertiser. I have a, uh, a small business in a small town um, in, in, uh, in, in Washington State, and I really want to get into business.com. How, how do I go about it? Uh, that's, uh, that's a great question. Uh, you know, the, there's two basic ways, and we've got a fantastic self-serve platform. So you can actually go right to our site. It's business.com forward slash advertise with us, and uh, you can sign up and actually you know, manage your entire campaign, load up all your keywords right there and manage your entire campaign right there. Uh, and we also have a fantastic uh, client services uh, and uh, sales team where, you know, if you call in, we've got, uh, you know, people there to help you figure out what it is you need to do, optimize your campaign, uh, and really make sure that business.com is meeting your, your uh, requirements. I noticed that um, there's, there's a, uh, on the front page of the site, there's... Um, a note saying business.com listings also appear on these partner sites. The list of Wall Street Journal, Entrepreneur.com, CNET, Business Week, um, Internet.com, and Forbes, and a number of other a number of other publications. What listings are appearing in these publications, and how do they get there? Uh, so basically, we we power it, it, the the implementation is uh, slightly different from site to site, but generally speaking, we power the search for those sites. So if you're on Business Week, and you do a search, uh, you know we will. We basically will. will uh, we own part of that space, so that if you do a search, and if you're in the top three or the top five listings uh, on Business.com, you will your listing will also show up uh, when a search is done on whatever query is being done. So if you're doing a search on CRM and you're you know you're advertising a CRM product, you're, and you're in the top you know five or six, you'll show up there. Okay, Jessica, I noticed that the um, business.com has a directory structure as well as a, a search engine. When, uh, when optimizing, do you take advantage of the size of that directory structure? Um, do, you, do, do you use it to promote pages in the other, in the other search engines? Yes, yeah, so obviously uh, what, what you would do, and, and what a lot of people in SEO know, is that you want to make sure that your most um, 
popular pages or the pages that you want to show up in the search engines have the most links. Then not only that, when you look at it from a user perspective, we would want the hierarchy, the, the organization of our directory to be such that if somebody were to come in and, and click into the directory, that the greatest volumes are probably more broader. They're looking for, you know, let's say computer hardware. Just like in SEO, that's the biggest term. You would find that first on a directory, and then slowly you drill in. And so the, um, just by nature, because we've organized that hierarchy for users, not for search, it, it's, it's worked out that they match very similarly. Now, do you compile your own directory? Are you pulling in an index from another directory? They are listings from our directory. So if We're not I was pulling an enterprise... In. If I was an enterprising SEO, um, I might want to get a listing in the business.com directory and, again, use the, the, the strength of that directory as part of my, my overall SEO campaign for my client. Most definitely. It, it is a, considered one of the, the top um, Internet directories for SEO. How long have you been, Jessica, again, how long have you been working with, uh, with business.com? <laughs> I'm fairly new, actually. I started right before Thanksgiving, so just a few months. Okay. How are you finding the experience working with um, – you were working with a rental car company but, but before that. Is, is that correct? Yes, I was, and it's completely different. Going to the, from a brick-and-mortar to a dot-com is night and day, and the dot-com experience is great, and the business.com um, environment is amazing. Well, but I've always thought that you had a, uh, a kind of strange position in the, in the search marketing community in that you're an SEO working directly for a, uh, a search engine. Do you ever feel that you're on both sides of the desk sometimes? Most definitely. So, so just, you know, most, most people in the industry are actually from an agency. And the people at the agency have completely different challenges, and I struggled this, with this when I started, no one understood what I was facing when I would talk to them. And what I face is having to fight the internal political battles. I had to learn about politics and all of the things that you need to do to get things accomplished internally. Whereas when you're with an agency, all you have to do is recommend what you need. And so that's just one of the skills as an in-house search marketer that you really have to hone. How hard was it for you to, to learn to weave your way through that? Uh, you know, it, it didn't take too long. I had, you know, I, I worked with some really great people that taught me well, and uh, in no time we were getting things done immediately um, and, and run through the process. Are you having fun? Yes, uh, Business.com is great. We're doing some really exciting things. Um, for example, I'm really excited to uh, talk about um, a new product we have. It's Work.com. It launched something in the fall, and this is one of the things that really drove me to business.com. I was so excited about the product because it's, it's an opportunity for uh, user-generated content. So uh, someone who has an expertise about a particular topic related to businesses, they can go out and write how-to guides. And so work.com is how-to guides for business. And the social media, that's all that, that people are talking about. That's kind of the new buzz. And this is really great from the search world perspective because now people can go and particularly SEOs can go out and write some great informational content and get clean links back to sites. Well, with, um, with Work.com, and I guess this, is, this question is directed at, at either Amos or, or Jessica, with Work.com it looks like you guys have gone and 
looked at a number of different social media sites and cherry picked some of the some of the the, 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 the more popular features of those sites. I see the um, Dig system for rating of, of articles or rating of advice. Um, I see a uh, feed expert box that looks a lot, at least similar to myblogblog.com. So I got it. I like the little uh, text balloons. Um, how long did it take to develop work.com? And um, it's still in beta. How, how long do you see it being in beta? Well, you know, conceptually, work.com has been uh, an idea that we, we had thought about for quite some time. And, and it's interesting that you say it, it pulls from these other social media sites. Really what we did was we, you know, we went out to the community and we tried to figure out what it was that business people needed to get their job done. And as it turns out, those, you know, some of those features you mentioned are the things that, that, that we heard most often in, you know, if I, if I only had a site that allowed me to do this, if I had a site that told me how to do this, if I, if I knew which of the, you know, that content was better, if I knew that the person telling me this was an expert in what they did, and we took all that information and basically that, you know, born out of that was, uh, was work.com. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a brilliant-looking site, and it, it, it looks like one of those sites. I've, I've been through the development process um, I've been through the development ringer, actually, in the last couple of months. And uh, this looks like one of the sites that you put together and you've taken apart, then you put together, then you take it apart and you've put together again. How many, um, it, and again, I think it's a great-looking site. But I also, I get the sense that it's going to change a lot before it comes out of beta. Yeah, you know, we're, we're, constantly, we're constantly testing new ideas and new concepts and, um, you know, trying to improve upon it, trying to under, really understand deeper, you know, what it is that, Know, a business user is trying to do, and what is the best experience that we can do to do, uh, to that user, so that at the end of the day they're coming in, they're figuring out what it is that they need to do, um, what vendors they need to contact, and then going off and, and you know to those vendors and getting the job done that they need to do. Yeah. So, so it's, you know, there's je- probably um, probably many revs to come. Excellent. Sorry about that. A, we have a little bit of technical difficulties just for the listeners. Um, with the, the, the Webmaster Radio phone lines. We're sort of hearing each other in snippets as we're having this conversation. Um, I'm honestly not sure how it's coming out over the, over the radio. Um, Jessica, is there, um, are you experimenting with uh, social media optimization with Work.com? Definitely. So we have all these guides. It's great content on Work.com, and we're looking at, at opportunities to incorporate those into the Business.com site. So, you know, you talked about what are you doing to optimize business.com. We're looking at, well, obviously we need content. We all know that we need keyword-rich content on a specific page in order for it to really rank high. And so we're looking at opportunities to to weave these these guides that people have generated into the business.com site. So that's really one of the exciting things about um, business.com right now and and the work.com platform and website is that we have all this content, and what more can we start doing with it? Do you see um, other sites or competitors in your sector um, starting, to, starting to open their own social networks? Uh, do you, is, is this a trend that we're, we should expect to see with other search engines? You know, we didn't actually uh, start Work.com from a search engine perspective. It was started to help the needs of our our customers. So our customers are business owners. And we looked at what are the challenges that business owners face and how could business.com help address that. And so that's where Work.com, the how-to guides, actually began and evolved. And now we're looking at, you know what, 
we have all these people on business.com that are trying to buy things. What are some of the things that, and challenges they face in doing that product selection? So we're looking at how can work.com and business.com both evolve to help that buying selection. Okay. Um, we're, we're rounding out the, uh, the, the, at half past the hour, and I think we have about five minutes left in the segment, so I have to start power, powering through some of these questions here. Uh, if we could shift gears quickly, back to Amos. Um, Amos, what's business.com's primary revenue model? Our primary me- uh, revenue model is uh, PPC advertising. So uh, advertisers, obviously we all know what that is. They're coming in and they're, you know, they're buying search, and uh, you search not only on business.com but across uh, our entire network. So uh, you know, our, we get about 6 million uh, visitors to the site each month and another uh, roughly 27 million um, Visitors throughout our entire network, so roughly around 30 million visitors that are, uh, you know, getting you know getting use out of the, the PPC advertising. Click fraud has been a uh, concern of PPC advertisers for the last couple of years, and it seems to be ri- rising to a much greater concern, um, actually causing uh, a bit of a decline in the PPC market. What protections does Business.com offer its PPC advertisers? Uh, you know, we we are trying very hard to stay to stay ahead of the curve. There, we're on the. Um, Know, the, uh, the IAB committee uh, on on uh, click fraud, and uh, you know we're doing everything that we can to you know to stay ahead of that curve. Okay, what are is there? Can you name some of the things specifically you would do to to weed out um, fraudulent clicks? Oh, you know we we just we have a, a bunch of filters on the back end, um, and you know systems that you know look for non-human generated behavior. Okay. Do you do you find much of it? Um, earlier in the show, we were talking about Google and the zero point zero two percent. What I'm calling zero point zero two percent spin cycle. Um, what, what what do you find? Is, is there is, is there still a lot of attempted click fraud happening in the uh, in the PPC world? You know, I, I, I'm, I it, it's it's out there, and you know, it, you know, I think that the only thing that a, that an engine can do is to really do whatever they can to protect their advertisers from it. If you, you know, if you allow it, your advertisers are going to go away. At the end of the day, it's just not a good business practice to not be ahead of whatever's going on to make sure that you are protecting your advertisers to the best of your ability from it. Um, I'm getting instant message. For some reason, Dave has been cut off and he can't get back on. And, um, oh, and there's a very good question. What percentage do you see coming through? Um, can you can you give any hard numbers at all? Um, benef- ma- major benefit of the doubt, you weed out like almost all of it. But what percentages are you actually seeing coming through? You know, I honestly offhand don't have it, those numbers in front of me. Wish I could answer. Okay, well, you? I've, I've, I've got a hammer on these questions. It's just yeah, part of my yeah, job. I understand. Um, understand. But unfortunately, I've run out of time to hammer on these questions. Um, Jessica, I read earlier, or I think you might have mentioned to me on the phone, that, that you'd written that you wanted to be on Webmaster Radio as one of the five things to descri- describe yourself. Yes, yeah, so remember the SEO, uh, uh, SEO blog tag game that did fall in there. So I'm very happy to check that one off my list. <laughs> I am, well, and I'm so glad to have been able to give you the opportunity. Um, Amos and, and Jessica, thank you both so much for being on the show, um, were you guys? Are you guys going to be making uh, an appearance at SES New York or uh, Ad Tech San Francisco soon? 
Uh, we will be at SES New York. Um, we have a, a nice big booth on the first floor. Definitely come by and see us. Um, and you know, we'll be roaming the floor at AdTech as well. And for those of you that have an in-house uh, team, I'll be speaking on building your in-house team. So come to the show. Excellent. Well, again, both thank you so much for taking the time this afternoon to speak with us. We're going to commercial. We'll be back in a couple of minutes with Lauren Baker from Search Engine Journal. Um, so stick around. This is the alternative at webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back in a few moments. The alternative. On webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back after this short commercial break. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network. Featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com. Represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With FriendFinder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Are your domains working hard enough for you? Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect. Make more money. Period. Marketing payouts lacking green, leaving you seeing red? Get your business in the black with NeverBlueAds.com. Sign up with NeverBlueAds.com today and earn an additional $200 for the first $200 generated. Get ready to flash those pearly whites with unique campaigns, real-time stats, great personal service, and high payouts on time every month from NeverBlueAds.com. Results for advertisers, income for affiliates, everybody wins with a better marketing experience from NeverBlueAds.com. Have you heard that content is king? Yeah. What's that mean? I don't even have a clue. Hmm. Wonder if that's important. Important? Search engine optimized web content is essential. Essential for maximizing page rank. Essential for increasing sales. GetWebContent.com is the internet's foremost provider of custom written search engine optimized copy. GetWebContent.com is easy to access and ultra cost effective. Right now, copy is indeed king. And GetWebContent.com is the king of copy. Check it out today. Flashback, November 2004. A brand new radio station launched onto the World Wide Web. That station was WebmasterRadio.fm. Today, Webmaster Radio is one of the fastest growing internet media outlets in the world. The world. Webmaster Radio boasts one of the most respected talk radio lineups in the internet business world. Danny Sullivan, Chris Tall, Susan Brett, Jim Hedger, Barry Schwartz, Jeremy Shoemaker, Ryan and Jeffrey Eisenberg, Nyland, Katie Kempner. We travel coast to coast to bring you the most extensive and detailed live coverage of the most high profile trade shows in the world. Ad tech, search engine strategy, RSA, Webmaster World, DMA, Ecom Expo. And we have brought you keynote speeches and interviews of some of the biggest influential names in business today. Eric Schmidt, Andrew Hayward, Barry Diller, John Patel, Keith Barras, and way too many others to mention. Our live programming and on-demand podcasting keeps the B2B world informed. We are webmasterradio.fm and we're everywhere. Want a hot pod? Load it with webmasterradio.fm and play with us all day long. 
WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. And now, transport back into the alternative on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host, Jim Hedger. <laughs> Welcome back to Webmaster Radio. Uh, the alternative on WebmasterRadio.fm. That was a that was a fun little few minutes there. We uh, just got disconnected and some 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 major technical difficulties, but we're back. We got Dave Davies back on the line, and we have uh, Lauren Baker, editor of Search Engine Journal, on the line. Lauren, how are you doing? Pretty good, Jim. How are you? They're much better now that I hear your voice. Welcome to the alternative. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So I've been checking the journal out lately. Um, you guys got you guys got a cool new look going. You got a, a bunch of new writers um, and a sharp new image of yourself, sir. Yeah, thanks. I actually I uploaded that image a couple of days ago. I wanted to get something a little bit more professional up, especially since uh, we started the uh, SEO clinic column, um, which has attracted a lot of different businesses. So uh, yeah, it's all about presentation, man. So how are you finding it? Um, you, you, you guys are putting up, um, I'm thinking on average, um, eight, nine different articles a day. Yeah, some days. Um, yesterday was a bit slow, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're trying to um, trying to get together a nice balance of uh, just some quick news blurbs, links to other blogs, and then also um, a couple of original articles every day and uh, uh, spreading more uh, tutorials into the mix as well. It's a huge challenge trying to trying to get uh, compile and find all that content. So, what what are your your primary sources when you're out there looking for content? Well, you know, uh, other blogs, of course, are a good source. And um, one thing that uh, I've been doing a lot of lately is finding something that's out there and kind of writing an, a counter argument or um, uh, putting together maybe. Uh, Neil and Cameron over at Pronet Advertising had read had uh, written half of a story, but I feel there's another half that should be out there as well, or uh, some more tips. So I'll put something into that, and then also uh, you know you build up uh, contacts over the years, and you have a question in your head of uh, whether it's SEO or SEM, and it's always good to just make a couple phone calls and get some quotes, and that seems to um, spin stuff into an article somehow. Well, there's a there's a great deal out there to to cover, to look at, and <laughs> as we've been doing and having fun with all day, a heck of a lot to counter argument with. Um, what are some of the big issues you see out there in the in the search marketing community right now? What what keeps coming up again and again for you? Well, you know, for me, uh, I've been doing a lot of paid linking stuff lately. Um, not myself, and not for any clients, but just kind of covering it. And uh, there's a lot of arguments out there. Um, the no-follow argument has uh, really uh, brought some eyes over to the site recently. And, you know, basically uh, Matt Cutts and um, Adam over at Google are, you know, saying if you're going to sell paid links on your site, use the no-follow tag to identify them as so. Um, but I don't think Google's ever really added that to their webmaster um, guidelines. And um, a lot of people aren't using that tactic uh, just because, it kind of kills the, uh, um, you know, the purpose of buying that link um, to help with SEO ranking. So um, uh, whenever uh, anything, no follow or paid linking comes up, there's always some kind of controversy following it. In the long run, what's the, the, the full effect of the no follow tag? How, how is that playing out in the, in the blogosphere? It's, it's been about a year now. 
how, how effective has that been? Well, you know, it's pretty effective in the blogosphere in terms of uh, keeping the engines from following the uh, porno spam and all of that other crap that shows up in comments after a while. But what it does is it kind of like, it kind of blocks um, people from getting the recognition they deserve. And in my opinion, if someone is taking the time to write an in-depth follow-up comment to a story, uh, they deserve the link back to their site, and they deserve the search engines to follow that link back, and then hopefully that will help them with their uh, search ranking and establish their own site as more, to, more of an authority in their uh, field, whether it's SEO or, um, I don't know, the dog training or, you know, whatever that blog is about. So I think with, like, especially with WordPress now, there are so many other ways to stop comment spam out there that the no-follow and some ways it's become a bit obsolete, and I think it's being used for tactics that it wasn't intended for in the first place. And if you do a backlink search on Yahoo from time to time, you'll see that even Yahoo is counting uh, those links that have no follow in them in, in the site's backlinks. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's a big problem, really. And then, you know, you have uh, this side of the fence saying, hey, use them for paid links, and that side of the fence saying, don't do it. And what's the webmaster supposed to do? Hmm. So I, I think that we basically, I think that there has to be some guidelines laid down. I mean, it has to be revisited because it's turned into this monster that um, it wasn't really intended to be in the first place. Well, we have a number of the search engines are buying into. We know that for sure Yahoo and MSN are buying into the have bought into the no follow uh, the no follow tag, but it doesn't seem to have as much effect on those engines. Right. Exactly. Like uh, like like I said. Uh, they are, uh, in some instances, they are counting uh, links that use a no-follow attribute as backlinks. So, if uh, they, if no-follow is links that are using no-follow are influencing influencing the rankings of sites among the search engines, then why even bother uh, using it? Do you think that Google and Yahoo should be a bit more open with uh, their organic algorithms? I mean, the, from, from what I've been hearing you saying, the, the no-follow attribute has, um, has led to a bit of confusion, has, has led to uh, limit comment from, from talented, talented practitioners, um, and isn't really a hard, fast rule to begin with. Should they be a bit more transparent with, uh, with, with some of their organic ranking algorithms? I don't <laughs> know, man. That would take a lot of the fun out of SEO, you know? I mean, that's the, the challenge is what it's all about. So, actually, you know, back in the day at the agency, I used to love it when there would be a big Google update, like the Florida update. My God, that that, that just brought a whole new, I mean, that brought a whole new fun appeal on the SEO. And, well, actually, um, the Florida update made SEO, I think. Really, <laughs> it, 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 it was a big factor. Yeah, so, no, I don't think they should become more transparent, but I really think they need to lay down the guidelines. and. You know, they get together from time to time on, uh, well, they, they all merge together and um, acknowledge the no-follow, and, and that was a good thing at the time. But, I mean, now, if, 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 the, if the tag is obsolete or if, if the tag is not intended for SEO purposes anyway, because um, essentially with the paid linking argument, and this was brought up earlier today on, on a blog I was reading by uh, uh, Halfdeck, um, the paid linking argument is that no follow is supposed to if you have a lot of spam comments on your blog and 
you're not using a nofollow, and they're linking out. It's not supposed to necessarily hurt your own site's ranking, but what it will do is hurt your site's ability to pass on page rank and pass on Google Juice. Um, so, you know, it's like, uh, it's a double-edged sword, really. I mean, they, they just need to lay down some guidelines and um, just stop it with, just stop it there. Now, if Absolutely. I can jump in here for, for just a second, what do you feel about its use on, say, something like Wikipedia then, where they're having this automatically put in? It is avoiding abuse, but you, you made a good point earlier. If you've written up a great, um, you know, a great piece, you deserve this link, and yet it's still a property that is, is sort of the target of such abuse um, that they just had to automate the, the, the tag in there. Um, how would you combat that, or, or do you even have a solution, or do you think that this is one of the applications where, where the tag is, is appropriately placed? Well, you know, I'm not a big Wikipedia user, but ideally I would see um, Wikipedia using kind of like a um, hierarchical level among their members. Uh, first of all, you should have to be, I think, a registered member in, in order to place an external link on a Wikipedia story. Um, uh, second, if you're not a registered member, use a nofollow. But if you are a registered member and you've been uh, given points, kind of like how the Go Guide system used to work or how Yahoo Answers works now, um, if you've reached a certain level, then, yeah, or even uh, the SEO Moz blog. Like, once you reach a certain level, then um, some of the links which are on your profile or that you contribute to that user-generated uh, media site, the nofollow should be lifted because you're a trusted um, contributor to that site and its content. And you sh the sites that you link out to um, should be trusted. Your opinion should be trusted. Now, you bring up Yahoo Answers there. I know that's a, that's a, sort of point, uh, a point you enjoy. Um, and, of course, I, uh, I like uh, the blog blog. So uh, is there something along those tangents you wanted to, uh, wanted to bring up here? I think there was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Yahoo Answers pulled off a really uh, big move today. Uh, it hasn't gotten a lot of the um, coverage that I really think it should have, but basically they took the whole Yahoo Answers system with its 90 million global users, which are supposed to be active users uh, according to Yahoo and Comscore, and um, they turned it into a social network. They basically... Um, I took the interface, and it's very my blog logish, and it also reminds me of it to stumble upon. Um, now you can connect and make friends and contacts with other registered Yahoo users who are asking and answering questions on Yahoo Answers. Um, and it's it's pretty cool, and um, you know the whole sharing back and forth of information is you know it's it's kind of the foundation of user generated media, right? Well, um, I think Yahoo is just taking that to the next level. And they're starting with Yahoo Answers, and you can definitely see a snowball effect because what do they have underneath the hood? they got Yahoo Answers. That's a social network now. 90 million people, right? they got Delicious. What does Delicious have? About 1.5 million? Um, uh, Flickr has a social network aspect to it. My blog log and... Every all of these little Yahoo channels are social media oriented, so um, I'm pretty excited to see what they're going to do in this direction. 
Well, actually, I remember this, this reminds me of a conversation you and I were having in uh, in Chicago, Lauren. I think it was like on the last day of SES at the uh, at, at Kitty O'Shea's. Um, we were talking about about Yahoo and 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 it's, it's it's rivalry with Google, and I think we both agreed that the fundamentals at Yahoo were 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 really solid. That they had some amazing amazing technologies behind them and amazing companies to to, to carp together. And I remember we were joking about the the way Yahoo had done it. Um, do you think that 2007 could be their year? Is, is this year of Yahoo? You know, if Panama works as well as Yahoo says it's going to work, it could be their year. Because as long as they can bring in more advertisers and successfully monetize, not, uh, well, successfully monetize not only search, but their internal Yahoo channels, if they have their, their own like member base creating content, which Yahoo and their advertisers are profiting upon, um, it's kind of, there's, I don't see any end to that, really. All they have to do is keep on launching uh, new uh, categories and channels and um, motivate their users to uh, create more material, to upload more video, this and that. So it's pretty exciting. Um, you know, the one, thing, the one thing about Yahoo is, sure, Yahoo has been about search, but, you know, they've never really, like, said we're the king of search. I mean, they're no Google, and they're not going to be Google, and that's why they contracted Google years ago to, to provide their search. But what Yahoo is, it's, it's always been social, man. It's like, um, what's it based upon? It's based upon uh, a directory, uh, humans uh, submitting sites to that directory, humans reviewing those sites and publishing those sites and sharing them with others. It's about email. It's about chat. Um, it's about instant messaging. And, you know, if you look at all of that, that's social networking from, like, 1997, and they've been doing it for years. So I think it's the bread and butter, and I think it's about time that they realize that they still have um, one, you know, motivated core in their, uh, in their registered users. And to tap into... Um, to tap into those users. And if Panama, like I said, if Panama can monetize social media in ways that other, um, that uh, Overture didn't in the past with them and display advertising, they've been having problems with that. But if Panama can take care of those problems, 2007 slash 2008, that could be the two years of Yahoo. Now, Yahoo is, as you said, Yahoo isn't isn't Google, and so they're they don't have to face the same uh, white hot scrutiny that Google has to face. How do you think Yahoo would would fare if they did if they were put to that kind of scrutiny? What do you mean by um, scrutiny? Well, you I mean, mean like I, every move well, they do, everyone Yahoo, I, I, I'm a big fan of Yahoo. I've been a big fan of Yahoo for years, but um, you know, I think of. Uh, uh, some of the stuff that um, Ben Edelman was writing last year about um, forced PPC clicks uh, towards the end of the quarter. Um, right. I uh, I think of uh, the, the 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 exodus of managers, senior managers that we saw from Yahoo um, even before the peanut butter manifesto was 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 released in December or in November of last year. Um, I just think of you know I just think I can. You can sense around the edges that there's, there's been weird stuff happening in Sunnyvale, and I'm wondering um, if Yahoo, how Yahoo would stand up to the kind of scrutiny that Google faces. I think um, this is a wild opinion, one, uh, wild speculation yeah. answer here. I, I think the one big difference is that Google kind of sets themselves up for the speculation. Like when I think of Yahoo, I think of an entertainment company, 
and they have, they're, they're an entertainment media company. And then, you know, you have Google, and it's the, you know, it's the goody-two-shoes crowd. <laughs> goody-two-shoes goody intellectual crowd. And, and everyone's like, okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to knock them off the pedestal. So, you know, it's whatever Google does. I mean, Google's doing some, of course, it's Google. They're doing incredible things every day. I mean, they're changing the way that we use the Internet, and they're changing the way that we gather information. And, and they're not just doing it online. And, um, but everything they do, there's always like this, oh, they're evil, oh, some kind of controversy thing behind it. And, you know, with Yahoo, you know, they've been a public company for a long time. You know, they're in the entertainment sector, they're connected with Hollywood. They're expected to make those mistakes, and they're, they're expected to have a little bit of controversy here and there. And I think people actually like it when um, there's a problem at Yahoo. Um, but they also forget about it after a while. But when there's a problem at Google, it sticks around. Well, I mean, like you, you did use the word Google doing incredible things, and something incredible they did last week was make a, a claim that there was only 0.02% click fraud rate. Now, I know that, 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 that you're not a... You, you don't profess to be a, a major expert in click fraud, but I, know, I also know that stories about this have, come, have, have to have come across your desk in the last week. What do you think about this claim? Well, you know, like, okay, like you said, Jim, click fraud is not my forte. And on the radio right now, I'm a little bit more opinionated than I usually am on my blog. So um, basically, I, I look at the whole click fraud argument. It's like a game of tug-of-war. But no one ever wins. And you have Google on one side, and not just Google, but all of the um, paid search outlets out there, first tier down through third tier. You know, Google down through ABC search. you got Yahoo, all of them. I mean, LookSmart, all these companies out there. And then you have the anti-click fraud um, established companies, okay? They don't want um, click forensics, all these other companies, um, they don't want click fraud to stop because then they, they lose their business model. Google, on the other hand, and, okay, this is totally hypothetical. Okay, if, if I'm Google and I see that um, there's one point, what is it, $1.5 billion in click fraud that went on last year? Um, well, if, if the 10% figure is, is to, be, to be used, yeah. Okay, so hypothetically, you know, if I see um, that there's all this money coming in from this questionable click fraud, I'm going to take my time to fix it. I'm not going to. It's not going to be. Okay. Well, it's. It's like uh, you know. Let's fix a little bit of it at a time. So okay, and uh, you know we have uh, 0.22 percent uh, of this click fraud going on, and we're going to take care of it. You know, I kind of see it as uh, the president would do when he's doing the State of the Union speech, or you know, the, the president of the United States when any president is doing a State of the Union speech. They have three years left in their term, but. They're, they're, they're putting together a long-term plan that ends 10 years from now. And um, so I think they're taking their time. Uh, the click fraud companies are going after them, but they also don't want click fraud to stop. So it's just, you know, it's a back-and-forth battle. And, and ideally, you'd want to see, of course, for advertisers and for publishers, you'd want to see it end the click fraud, and I hope it happens soon. Um, but this, you know, this back and forth uh, bickering between the two sides. How long has it been going on? Six, seven years. Um, you know, it's time for it to stop. And hopefully, they they both, you know, can get together and admit that there is a problem and come to some middle ground. Well, now you you mentioned that there's there's these little steps, and and yeah, I think I think you've made a valid point there. It's a big problem. It's a it's big revenue as well. 
but do you think that we would be as happy if all of a sudden um, there was this big fix? Does it look more legitimate to us to have these constant fixes? If they just fixed it all at once, would we still perceive that there was this problem there, or does it work better for them to fix chunks of it at a time so that we're seeing this constant move towards a, a better Google advertisers universe? Well, yeah, that's the good thing about baby steps, right? I mean, you can fix a little bit at a time, and and uh, new problems arise uh, while you're on the trail. You know, while you're going up the staircase. But if you, if if you come out and say that we've totally, you know, killed click fraud, um, and uh, then a study comes out um, debunking that totally, and with all the numbers and stats and uh, you know server records and um, you know witnesses and this and that, then you know, they look kind of silly. So. So uh, yeah, I think um, you know it makes sense uh, to take those baby steps uh, on the way to solving the problem. Do you think we'll ever solve it, or is this a lot like um, writing antivirus software, and that the virus writers will always come up with something <laughs> new? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. The, you know, it's you know, it's like spam. Yeah, I guess it, you can you can uh, you can. Compare it to spam or virus software. There's a little battle going on, right? So, the virus guys write the virus. The uh, um, security people, you know, fix the plugs, and then uh, they write another virus and they fix it again. They write another one and they fix it again. So, yeah, it is comparable. But like I said, ideally, they want to come to a solution. And um, and again, again, this is not my forte. So, this is all opinion <laughs> that you hear coming uh, out of my mouth. So. You know, it's just, it's, it's, hopefully we can all get along, right? And Lauren, you're a newspaper editor. I think, um, I think that everybody can forgive you for a little bit of cynicism. <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's a professional hazard, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it sure is. It sure is. I've been known to publish some uh, questionable things and have to, go back, have to go back and answer for myself in the past, so yeah. Well, no, I mean, again, just again, the the professional citizen. We just we just see have to see so many silly things, and uh, you know, um, again, just 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 because I love silliness, and I I can't stand seeing obfuscation. Um, I think that that's another professional or another occupational hazard of being a journalist. You just can't stand obfuscation unless you're making it yourself. Um, yeah, very true. I just you know, so this this two point zero point zero two percent thing is just something I think we're all going to be hammering on until we get some clearer numbers. Um, but speaking of clear numbers, the uh, the hand at the top of my spiffy watch here has um, reached uh, three o'clock. Right yeah, on. you're out of time, Jim. So time. it happens every week. It's horrible. Um, Lauren, <laughs> thank you so much, man. Thank you so much for uh, for stepping in and and being on the show today. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot, Jim. Uh, whenever, whenever you need me, just give me a call. Well, looking forward, to, looking forward to seeing you in New York in a few weeks at uh, Search Engine Strategies. And um, friends, that was Lauren Baker from SearchEngineJournal.com. Um, it was a great show this week. Check out next week's show. We're going to be. Uh, I think we're going to do a show entirely on the 0.02 percent claim. And um, you know, I'm going to try to round up guests from all sides of the issue. Check it out next week. This is The Alternative on webmasterradio.fm, sponsored by the ISEDN.org. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk, Inc., I'm Jim Hedger from SiteFlowNews.com. Talk to you next week. <laughs>